Hey, what's up guys? Nick here. James and I just hopped on a call for a quick little catch-up episode, as well as to talk about the stretch clock. I'm launching the newest almost object on Kickstarter, so please go check it out. Link's in the description. Link is in almost objects instagram nick p baker's instagram i'm sure that you have seen it by now uh it would mean the world to me if you could go and back the project especially right now as you're listening to this because we all know algorithms run the world and uh really trying to boost that project up there um but other than that uh james and i just kind of talked about jobs and life and caught up it was a lot of fun and we also want to thank our promotional partner at Let's Design Daily. They're always posting great work. So, you know, they continue to support us. So we're continuing to support them. Please check them out, too. Um, and, yeah, you know the usual stuff you guys follow on Spotify. Our Spotify rankings have been steady. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, subscribe on YouTube. Hit that like button. Hit the bell button, too. Uh, there is a YouTube video. I think we got a little some technical difficulties on that but um other than that got to hop on the discord that's where we're at i want to hear your thoughts on this last juicy question of this episode it was a juicy one so hop on the discord give us your thoughts on that and oh shout out kiyoshi the kid always with that amazing intro and outro other than that i'll stop talking let's get to it I'm Nick. And I'm James. And we are two designers across the country. Sweating the small stuff. Oh, man. Dude, it's been a bit. It's It's been quite a bit. I feel like when the last time we had a podcast was like June? No, July? We uh, did the seven question challenge. That was yes. our last one, just me and you, I think. Yeah, they brought us they brought us out of retirement for the seven question challenge and and now we're back out of the second half of our retirement. <laughs> um yeah, how you been, man? Not too bad. Um yeah, just chilling out here with uh with a newborn baby and uh my wife and uh how old, currently how old we're, is she now? She's she's 3 months today actually. Wow. Congrats. Yeah, it's wild. Um, but um, yeah, we're currently being imprisoned not only by the quarantine, but also by smoke from the California wildfires. That's right, man. California's on fire. Yeah, it is. Are you doing I okay? I mean, it's it's nothing like San Francisco. Have you seen the, the Blade Runner-like imagery oh, out right. of San Francisco? Yeah, um, that's crazy, man. Did I ever tell you the wild. time I was in... Did I ever tell you the time I was in a wildfire? That you started a you, you no, started no, the wild no no no. It was your gender reveal party. <laughs> you have a baby, Nick. No, did I ever tell you the time that I was in a wildfire? No, you didn't. Should I tell us? Is story? this is this how your hair got red? What almost? What, what's, okay, you should tell the story though. This sounds this um, sounds good. Yeah. So. Uh, 
you know, I grew up in North Carolina, and we don't have wildfires. I, well, I'm sure there's some wildfires on the East Coast, but it's a very foreign thing over here on the East. And uh, when I was a kid, my family took us on a cross-country road trip in an RV. The whole, you mm. know, the classic, like, take a month off and, you know, tour the U.S. kind of trip, right? Visit all yeah. the states. Um, and so we packed up all our bags and hopped in our RV and drove all the way. I think we didn't stop for three days. We started in North Carolina, drove all the way across the country to Arizona. Um, and we stopped in Flagstaff, Arizona. Wait, what do you mean you didn't stop for three days? You mean your dad just mainlined Red Bull and drove for three days straight? Well, no, we stopped at like Cracker Barrel and stayed the night. And then by the time... You, you can stay the <laughs> night at a Cracker Barrel? Yeah, you didn't know this? Okay, so um, <laughs> so you can stay... RVs are allowed to park at Cracker Barrels and also Walmarts. Those are the two places that... Oh. The, you know, no one will come and bother you. Other places, obviously, you're not allowed to stay overnight in vehicles and things like that. But um, Cracker Barrel and Walmart are kind of like the two places. But Walmart's terrible because it's open 24-7. And, you know, at 3 a.m., there's like drag races in the parking lot. So it's not <laughs> the best place to sleep. <laughs> so Cracker Barrels were the best stop. You know, it's free. Gotcha. You know, you just park there. You sleep overnight. But I would always wake up and my dad was driving. Uh, the RV. So he'd drive for like 12 hours. We'd stop at another Cracker Barrel. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it was a, it was a Cracker Barrel tour of the United States. I mean, that's, that's all, that's really all the USA is really. It's just a bunch of Cracker Barrels. <laughs> I guess. Unreal. You know, probably, probably for our international listeners. I don't know if Cracker Barrel is an international restaurant. It's like a country uh, food kind of restaurant a lot of yeah uh, you know i think food. i've o- i think i've only been like one time to a cracker barrel oh man and it was actually a trip it was actually i'm pretty sure it was when we went to um when i was a junior we went to an idsa conference in austin and we drove overnight to get there from virginia tech we drove like straight through the night so i guess Cracker Barrel is worth it to drive through the night for, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, I we, we had plenty of Cracker Barrels when I was growing up. But, uh, but yeah, so we drove all the way to Flagstaff, Arizona. And this is our first stop to see the Grand Canyon. Uh, mm-hmm. But, of course, that first, that first day in Flagstaff was like, oh, you know, we're so tired from traveling. Really, my dad, all I was doing was laying on the couch playing PS2. But <laughs> it's tiring. It's exhausting. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we went to see the Grand Canyon a little bit. I think we it was like a a subsection of the Grand Canyon. Um, but we came back early for for lunch and to let the dog out. And my mom like went to put some laundry in the the campground laundry mat. Um, and my dad had to go do one last thing for his business meeting. Uh, or or his job because he was taking off four weeks vacation and he had to like yeah he had to like sign off uh officially so he had to go right and drive to the king coast we had the we had the we were pulling a car so my dad went to drive to the king coast and um fax something i think he was faxing scanning or faxing i know this sounds really old school i mean i guess it was like what 2007 
Yeah. I think it might have been 2007. I was maybe like 10. I can't remember. Um, anyways, though, <laughs> Holly and I are sitting in the RV, and the sky gets kind of dark. And we're like, whoa, what's going on? You know, is a storm coming in? And, I, you know, we walk outside, but it's it starts to get kind of red. And I look up at the sun, and the sun is, like, blood red. And I'm like, whoa, this is weird, right? You know, yeah. we have no clue what forest fires are, you know, from the East Coast. Like, it's like, I don't know. It's not something yeah. we experience. Um, and, of course, I start just taking pictures of it. <laughs> you know, like, whoa, this is sweet, right? <laughs> um, and anyways, you know, Holly and I are just hanging out outside, my sister. And my mom comes back from the laundromat, and we're all just, like, in awe and then all of a sudden this firefighter comes up to us in full garb and is like you guys have to leave now there's a forest fire coming this way um and we're like okay yeah we gotta we gotta go uh let's pack up we'll get dad here in a bit and we'll leave and the firefighter's like no right now because because <laughs> because What's interesting, too, is I don't think a lot of people understand how fast forest fires move. I mean, they, yeah. they move at the speed of wind, which can be 20, 30 miles sometimes. And it's yeah. it, can, it can come up rather quickly, uh, yeah. much faster than you would believe. But my dad is at Kinko's. He, you know, quickly starts driving Did you back. fax him? Did you fax <laughs> no. him at the Kinko's? You're like, Dad, there's a fire. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we just called him on his cell phone. We had cell phones. Oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not you didn't. Old. You didn't page his beeper. You no. didn't. <laughs> um, my dad jumps in the car. He he goes, and he gets close to the campground, um, and he realizes that no one can go in. There's a police barricade, because the fire is coming that way, right? Um, so they're like directing traffic this way, and there's you know two cop cars lined up head to head. And just enough room for the for my dad's car to squeeze through. And my dad gets close. He kind of comes up, squeezes through. Of course, he stops. The police are going to talk to him and tell him to leave. And my dad, you know, rolls down the window. And he's like, yeah, my, my family's in there. I have to go get them, right? Um, and the police is like, no, sorry, sir. You can't go in here. There's a forest fire coming. My dad's like, well, you're either going to have to shoot me or arrest me. And presses on the gas, <laughs> and they chased him. They chased him. Oh <laughs> they my chased God. him all the way. Yeah, yeah. They chased him all the way to the campground. But Dad pulls in the campground. Police are chasing him. Um, and you know, obviously, at, at once he gets in the campground, I I guess they just realize like, oh, you know, he was telling the truth, or like we're not going to go in there and risk it. Um, but anyways, my dad finally gets to the campground, and we all get in the RV. Um, and as we were pulling away, I could see like tents on fire in the back, it, which is crazy Jeez. because like to, to imagine that like we spent maybe 30 more minutes at the Grand Canyon, it would have been not, it would have been gone. Plus, yeah. you know, we had a dog, so it would have been crazy. Um, That's insane. Yeah. Thankfully That's a great we, line. That's a great we, like <laughs> 80s action movie line. Right? It's It feels Wait, very So it was, you're going to... You're going to either have to arrest me or shoot me. Is that the yep. order? Yep. And then he swallowed his cigarette and put his sunglasses <laughs> on and gunned it. It's amazing. Um, oh, that was a little tangent. Uh, yeah, no, that was a good one. But I, I'm glad you're I safe. I can't imagine. You're safe, I mean, though, right? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The the fires there there are a bunch going on and there's one kind of like northeast of the city. Um but we're you know, we're kind of on the coast. Okay. So I don't know if there's much of a concern down here, but yeah, I think the fires are, are significantly worse up um closer to San Francisco and even in Oregon right now. So um thoughts and uh prayers go out to those people hope for sure hopefully uh you know it's that's, scary thing. that's that is not that is very scary and yeah, yeah it's it is like the the speed is kind of is crazy because whenever you see it on tv i think like it's it's from such a far like you know they'll shoot the mountains and you'll see the fire and it doesn't it looks like it's barely moving at all right but you know that's just a product of the distance at which they're filming the fire um that's crazy but anyway that is that's a that's an intense story i uh yeah um, your dad's a badass <laughs> <laughs> yeah he loves telling that story because it's a very like you know dramatic story um yeah but but uh i guess uh, we we kind of went on a tangent but i have some big news man yeah I am launching a Kickstarter. Hey, Nick. <laughs> I mean, I, I assume Look at you. <laughs> I assume that whoever's listening to this probably is aware of my Kickstarter uh, by now. But um, yeah, I'm excited to launch the stretch clock for Almost Objects. And uh, I've posted yeah. a little bit about it, but it's a rubber band. And you put a clock movement in it. And then you can wrap it around a found object. So I have my stretch clocks in the back here. Yeah, I see those. This one is a nice uh, piece of OSB board. Um, and I also have bricks. Lift those. Show us your strength, Nick. <laughs> it's are those heavy. foam bricks? No, Did, are those blue foam bricks? <laughs> Did you paint those? That would have been smart. Make them light. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. I haven't done a Kickstarter before, so it's something new. Um, and coincidentally, the Discord was kind of the one, the, the driving factor in convincing me to do a Kickstarter for it. The inspiration, the catalyst. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like, I think, um, I've always been kind of hesitant from Kickstarters. I don't know why. I th- I think I just think it always had this kitschy, gadgety thing to it. It's like, oh, I'm doing a Kickstarter. It's going to be another multi-tool thing or another backpack thing. Yeah, but we know we know people like Creighton Berman and also like Craig Hill Studios in Brooklyn. Like they do really nice, and also yeah. C CNN. Wait, C and M, C and H. C what is it? C W and T. C W and T. <laughs> it's none. Of, it's one of the letters that I mentioned. <laughs> C. Okay, so it's C W and T. Yeah. Um, and they all do really nice objects. But you're talking about kind of like the bulk of what you see on Kickstarter. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I I think that was kind of the the tipping factor of like realizing that, Hey, like 
it's kind of what you make it, right? It's a platform to get your word out, a platform to get the support. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I've launched two products previously, the Ben Mir and the Stretch Clock. And, or sorry, the Ben Mir and the Spin Ball Opener. And mm. it was a lot of fun to, like, make those things and produce them and sell them. Uh, but I think I'm ready for that next step of really kind of pushing the brand out there. Because before it was just kind of like, I'm selling to the people who follow me, right? I'm selling to friends of the friends, you know, someone who knows who I am, knows about the brand. And that's about it. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I think the Kickstarter is going to be a great way to get some new eyes on Almost Object um, and kind of get the brand out there. So that's kind of... yeah one of the big factors in going for the Kickstarter. You know, of course, funding is important as well. I think if I can get a significant, uh, you know, backing, certainly would bring down the costs of the stretch clock, so. Yeah. Well, I think you and I have both found that in launching products just through Instagram, it's not necessarily a great way to find customers. Yeah. And, it's, it definitely feels more like know, a hobby, you know? Yeah. And so um, Kickstarter really seems like you can build up, build up a, a different kind of um, community around your work. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm excited, man. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about the stretch clock. Let's talk about the the origins. Yeah, where where did this all where did this all begin? Where did it where did it come from? Well, obviously right. from your noggin, but I I have, I have some more things oh. to show. Well, this this piece is a marble slab. <laughs> um, I think I think it must have been a stool or a side table or something. The the idea. So I have a bunch of these like random objects in my studio that I just find on the street. And you know how New York is. You just find stuff. Yeah. Like, look at this thing. This is a um, plug from a piece of sidewalk. So for those aren't who aren't watching it, it's a cylindrical, you know, two-inch diameter, diameter uh, piece of concrete. But it looks like terrazzo. Like, it looks really beautiful. Um, yeah. And... I was walking down the street and this guy was drilling a hole in the sidewalk and these things were popping out. He had like a, you know, five of them. And I was like, I just picked one up and I like looked at him. He was like in the middle of his job and I'm like, can I have And it? you were like, you're <laughs> going to have to either arrest me or shoot me. And you ran off. I did not, I did not do that. I did not do that. Um, but I don't know. I just, you know, I, I keep these things around for inspiration and I, possibly uses at some point, but yeah, I, this is this is a project I've been working on for a while. Um, you know, I was playing with rubber bands, and I was thinking, what if I took some of these objects, stretched a rubber band around it to turn it into a clock? Um, and so I like quickly ordered some exercise bands to test my idea. Like I just grabbed some like really cheapo bands from Amazon. Um, yeah, and. I don't know. I just, I started developing it. I think a big part of the development was just letting it sit around. You know, I did this like a year ago. So, you know, I think it's important to kind of just let design sit there and 
when they're ready, they're ready. Um, yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, one detail, cause I've, I've kind of, you know, known about this project for a while cause you, you had shown me the development back in the day. One detail that I really like that I didn't know about until recently, um, was the, the ability to flip the band. Yes. It'll go from 12 and six to nine and three, depending on your, yeah. the orientation. I thought uh, that that was also one of the key like factors too, because it was like, which numbers do I choose? Do I choose the nine and three, um, or do I choose the twelve and six? Because if you have a really tall object, you probably want the twelve and six. If you have a really wide object, you want the nine and three. Um, and I was thinking, well, I don't really like if people have to buy one over the other. Or should I include two? Um, yeah. And then I realized like, why not just print it on the inside so you could flip it inside out? Uh, I, so I, I think that, like that was for definitely me, a good detail. That for me is what sells it like that. Yeah. Like that. Uh, I think that's, um, you know, because yeah, like for, for somebody who's, who's going to want to fund it and purchase it, like they might not have an object in mind already or, like maybe they do, but I don't know. Like maybe they, maybe they want to play with the with the band a little bit more, or yeah, like find that perfect object for it. Yeah. And uh, that ability to get both of those both sets of numbers with one band, I think it's a pretty uh, pretty delightful moment there. Thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm excited because I think too, it's fun to be able to swap out the object, you know. If you get tired of your marble slab like I have, you can just swap it out for a stack of bricks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and know uh, how did you things, how did you choose the uh, the colors? I mean, I guess they're oh, you know, just pretty well, standard. Oh. Yeah, I have I, I like have the... black and I have sa- sand. I'm calling this one sand because it's a little bit more like an off white color. Yeah. Do you um, imagine? If this Kickstarter is successful, do you imagine making more colors? Because like rubber, you got you got the rainbow. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm holding up the primary colors. I do have primary colors. I I did get some samples of primary. I will say, after thinking through it, I really like just the black and the sand, mainly because it puts the focus on the object itself Mm. and lets the object be kind of the the focal point which is kind of the point of the 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 product so i'm hesitant to release colors but i have tested colors so possibly there could be some convincing we'll see yeah well i mean you could also go with a more muted palette like those bands that you were just holding up were pretty saturated colors so if you went with something a bit more muted um i mean you know the the nice thing if you're talking about something celebrating the object is like i mean obviously very difficult to do color like a color matching to an every object but if you right. had a spectrum of colors then you could you could essentially get something where yeah you have a terracotta pot and then you have the terracotta band and then it really just cool. like just blends in 
Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But that's cool. Um. So yeah, if uh, I think the one thing that I just want to promote is like, hey, please go support the Kickstarter. Um, I'm sure that there are plenty of links at and you know check out at Almost Object link in the bio. Yeah. Um, when is it launching? My profile. It'll probably by the time you're listening to this, it'll be launched uh, September 15th. So um, it should be up and live. And you know, early bird special. You got to get that quick. You know. Um, so, uh, one, oh, other thing I was gonna say is, I, I mean, not everyone can support monetarily, but it would just help if you shared it. You know, share it with your friends. Share yeah. it on on your Instagram. Um, and I'm super excited. There's a lot of cool photos that uh, my intern and I took. Um, I'll just share. I'm gonna I'm gonna share some photos with the with you. Oh right yeah, um, beautiful, beautiful photos. Well, I'm, I haven't shared it yet. <laughs> the The listeners Decent don't shares. know that Nick. <laughs> well, the YouTube oh, watchers yeah. will know. <laughs> They'll know. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited for some of these images to come out uh shout out to zoe she was she did amazing work on all these photos so yeah no it's they're really nice um i was i was gonna say you've also i mean in the last since we last talked you've launched two other objects you've <laughs> it's been your a bit gantry it's, lamp. Been, it's been too long you're <laughs> Uh, I've raised a child. You've raised three products to market. <laughs> uh, similar, um, similar, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, but I launched yeah, the Pixel Light. The Pixel. Yeah. That was fun. Which I also yeah, launched which, my DIY chairs. Yeah. Yeah, the Pixel Light, the... Uh, Talk about photography, the uh, Sean Davidson photography for the pixel light. He kills it every time. He does. Shout out to Sean for sure. Yeah. But uh, no, it looks really sweet. And uh, I'm I'm sure that you're you're happy to get that out into the world. Because that's been... How yeah. long How long have you been working on that for? I think, again, the pixel light was like two years almost. I think... Yeah, that yeah. was longer than the stretch clock. Um, but yeah, I think again, a part of it was just kind of sitting in the studio, like kind of sitting there in the back of my mind, you know, just distilling and really trying to, I I think I made some really key decisions on the design just because it was sitting around for so long. You know, I think it was important to let my mind distill it. Do you, do you ever feel like that? Do you feel like sometimes it's helpful to just set a project aside and then come back to it and you can refine it a little bit more. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think, I mean, we've had, we've had a whole podcast about this topic. I, I definitely think that it's beneficial if you have that opportunity. I mean, it's especially, you know, it works especially well with personal projects. Um, For sure. Yeah. It's not the easiest uh, thing to do for a client. (laughs) No, it's not. Um, <clears throat> am I choppy at all, Nick? Am uh, I you're, am I coming you're, through? Your audio is good. Are you? Am I choppy for you? We're on Zoom, by the way, guys. No. Yeah, okay. we're. I 
I run into all sorts of technical technical issues. Your your video is choppy, I, but your audio is fine. Okay, well that's that's good. Um, I should just make a really ecstatic face <laughs> that'll last for a while. Okay, yeah. so um, well, you think this is you think this is, is this this is the thing, man. You know, it's great that we're all kind of embracing the new Zoom and and remote working, but I don't know, man. Is it really gonna stick around? Because this is the experience, you know. Yeah, I don't. It's hard to say. It, it's it's hard to say, like when things are going to get back to normal. I mean, what are things like right now in New York? How are people behaving now as opposed to a couple months ago in uh, regards to... I would say uh, it's much better. Know. I think we're 90% back to normal. You know, people yeah. are... You know, I'm hanging out with my friends. Like, people are... Of course, everyone's wearing masks and being safe. But, like, you know, everything's open. I think we're starting... that restaurants can dine inside now, like, at... 25% capacity or something. So, um, yeah, you know, thank, thankfully it's been pretty good. I, we haven't had a resurgence of the virus or anything. So, you know, cross our fingers yeah. that we're, we're getting through it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it makes me think, you know, something that we had, we were, uh, talking about, talking about on the podcast was, uh, was just some of the, some of the things that you know we got so used to in our everyday lives in terms of tech and the way things worked. Oh, right. Yeah, you were um, talking about this. And 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 sort of like advancements that had been made, and now kind of like it's almost like we need to go back a generation in certain <laughs> pieces of technology. I mean, right. uh, the obvious one is is Face ID, because how are you going to open your phone when you've got a mask on unless apple somehow just can i like i mean i guess they could just do a retinal scan you know yeah that's the thing it's like it it's frustrating to use certain things with the mask on right yeah yeah i mean i um i mean and the masks themselves i mean i don't know that anybody is thrilled to have to use the masks in general I mean, I've gotten used to it, but certainly, like, there are times where, you know, we're walking through a store, and I'm just, like, I just, like, have to take a quick breath, like, pull down the mask and take a quick breath and, like, pull it back up. I, I'm sure I'm going to infuriate somebody on here, but, you know, another thing that we do a lot of is take walks with the baby around the neighborhood, and... um it's not like the neighborhood is cr is crowded. It's pretty quiet, so you don't often encounter really anybody. And if you do, there's a lot of like running across the street so that you don't have to pass that person. Well, you can't do you that. You treat in New York. every. <laughs> you, you get hit yeah, by a car. No. Yeah. Yeah. Parkour skills. Work on your parkour skills. Um, but another another idea that I had was like if you're walking through a neighborhood and on and it's rare that you would be passing anybody. I just want a mask on a stick, like opera glasses or one of those, you know, masks for a masquerade party. I just want to be able to hold up the mask, walk by somebody and then put it down. Like that's, I, that's you amazing. know, right now pe people are doing things like 
you know, you'll have the mask hanging off your ear if you have a certain type of mask or like I saw somebody the other day who had a mask that I'm not sure if it was two ties, but they had it tied around their neck and then they walked in somewhere and they tied they tied the top portion of it back. So like it had I don't know if that explains it very well, but basically like they had it down, it was around their neck, and then they just tied the top ties as they mm. walked in. So that, you know, I I think like I, I wonder if there isn't yeah, like some some nice solution to like the mask not in non-operational mode and then in operational mode. I tell you what, man. And, all those design students right now, they got the solution. <laughs> so many masks. Oh yeah, for so sure. Many masks. So I think so who, who masks, was making the so joke? Were you making shields. the joke? I feel like someone was making the joke that was like, you know, twenty 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 two rolls around and all the senior portfolios are just masks. Everything is masks. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Masks and ventilators and you know what else? You know whatever <laughs> else like uh, yeah. Hand sanitizer dispensers. Who knows? And I like your you know, opera there's mask also th- idea, though. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm uh, actually. I, I would. I would like to announce. I'm launching a Kickstarter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, and then there's also the face shields. And I don't know. I mean, I've considered go- like getting a face shield just so that you can interact like humans a little bit again you know what i kind of want i kind of want some sort of like bandana thing that's kind of like a face shield but it's it's almost like a reverse sunglasses you know like sunglasses sit above Mm. above your nose on your eyes i almost want like something that sits on my nose and comes down but it's maybe it's tinted clear Maybe it's like f- clear fabric, like clear vinyl yeah. or something. I want it to feel like really kind of futuristic, you know, or, you know, kind of like if you're wearing a big turtleneck in some sort of anime video game or something. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, I like I like the idea of using like the bridge of the nose. Yeah. And, and like that glasses metaphor. I mean... I just want something. I do want something that I that I'm able to just like pull up and drop down like fairly mm. easily. Um, I mean, there's people there's people that think that you know you should have your mask on at all times, and there's I I see a lot of people driving around with their masks on in their car. I don't know if anybody ever told you you need to have your mask on in your car, um, but you know, You're just be an extra safe, I, I guess you know. <laughs> People are being very, very cautious in case somebody were to like cough into their intake. Um, you just put the, you got to do the recycle in your car and then, you know, no, no, no outside. Yeah, air will re- come in. Recycle there for sure. Um, but yeah, so I think the other thing that I noticed was, you know, with the, um, with like touchscreen registers, you know, we uh like square for instance they had the register for a while and and some places still have it that swivels around for you to be oh, able yeah, yeah. to mm-hmm. to sign it and whatever 
and then they upgraded to the one where you have you have the the front of it um, is a touchscreen for the you know the the business and the back half of it is a touchscreen for the person and I noticed somebody cleaning off the back part of the uh, of that register and it was like you know it's this awkward like reaching around to the back to to like wipe it down and I was like man the uh, the swivel touchscreen now makes a lot more sense oh you, know, you can right. yeah. you can clean it off and uh you know once it's swiveled back to the uh to the patron they can clean it off and uh although there's also the ones that have like the separate reader and separate touchscreen kind of thing which that works there's, fine there's so many like point of sale things now you know all those new tech point yeah. of sale things yeah so i don't know now that that whole like Amazon Whole Foods thing where you just like walk in and grab stuff and walk out and it deducts from your Have account you like that. I've, I've never been I, to one of those. I haven't, but I think there is a pilot, like there's a pilot program happening in Los Angeles for that technology. I feel um, like there's one in New York too, but I don't know where it is. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, now that, that whole system makes so much sense. Also, yeah, like you're going to be standing in line with people. You know, the lines are the lines, I guess, you know, if you go at certain times of the day, they're not so crazy, but I've been doing a lot of, I mean, not a lot of grocery shopping, but every week or so. And the lines can get kind of intense, like even just to get into the store. And then once you're in the store, it's like, you know, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, we haven't had we haven't had too many lines anymore in New York. Everything's pretty much full capacity, yeah. at least in the grocery stores. Um, yeah, but yeah, I remember like during you know a couple months ago, people were standing outside with the lines and everything. But yeah, am I completely frozen now? My my screen. Your your video your video has been frozen, but I can hear you still. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess I can't do show and tell then. <laughs> well, well, well. Hey, what, what? Well, one question I was going to ask is, did you yeah. get a new PC? Yeah, I did. So you're a um, PC guy now. Moving from Mac. Yes, uh, I. Uh, after years of advocating for Onshape, the uh, the industry <laughs> did not hear my call and change everything. So <laughs> they, um, uh, we were so nice to Onshape, and they just never, never wanted to sponsor. Well, apparently, I was one of like, apparently, I was like one of twenty users or something. It was like what? it's crazy. They had twenty users. They, they didn't have a large user base, but the hmm. software, like I think, I still love the software, and I love it's it's not twenty. It's like it's maybe like one of. 10 like 50,000 I forget the number I think it's like 10,000 um but um and and don't quote me on that but uh yeah I I still love the software but obviously like the industry standards still SolidWorks and it gets you know it's disappointing sometimes when you're working on client work and they're like oh we really need you to work on in SolidWorks and mm. 
you yeah. know, you're just creating headaches otherwise if you're like, oh, I'll do it in Onshape and, and exp export it as a step or whatever. So yeah. um, I just decided to bite the bullet and get back into SolidWorks. I also just wanted a better machine for rendering because my MacBook just wasn't cutting it. <laughs> um, and so I, uh, yeah, I... I don't want to mention a name here because I'm afraid that if I mention a name, everybody will inundate this person with requests. But I asked a specific person, like, can you recommend me a PC to build? Because I wanted to do a PC build. Um, and so they, they basically just gave me a list of parts for what I needed. And I bought those and I put together the PC. And my God, do I have such a greater appreciation for te the technology inside of all of our electronics like and just the marvel of like what what we have done in terms of in terms of tech for you know it's just incredible like it's, like it's what cool, right? the you know to to really like have and hold the components and like i didn't do you know the intense research to know like I can't rattle off what every single thing does and what everything means, but I right. certainly now yeah, it's, having it's, held, it, it gets really complex. It's, it's crazy. I was watching a Linus tech tips video this morning. Cause I do enjoy watching the tech reviews and I enjoy watching people who clearly know so much about these, these things, but there's so many like random numbers and letters that are thrown together <laughs> that are in into a sentence where i'm like we like we're essentially speaking like an alien race at this point if you tune into right. like a tech reviewer it's um, like how many and, core ram cpu gpu rtx 1097 37 38 <laughs> do you need you know it's like what it's insane and Al like allison was also like she came out while i was watching it and she was just like this is this is insane like like <laughs> i don't i have no idea what this person is saying but like you know there's visuals oh, on the screen so you can kind of get an idea but anyway like holding the components and installing the components like definitely gave me a better understanding of everything that's going on in a computer more so than i ever had before um but For yeah, sure. it's just like, God, like, I don't think that we really appreciate enough how far we've come in terms of like, just what we've built as humans, like, it's to crazy, look right? at, to look at the animals of the world and like, be like, we used to be, we used to have, be like that. Like we used to live in that way. And or, since or like then, even just like the eighties or something. Like look back at the eighties, you know? Like Oh man, you wouldn't look back been, that far. It's crazy. Wouldn't it have been great to be an industrial designer in the eighties? Like yeah. nobody was so much nobody, so many things to design. Nobody was thinking about sustainability. <laughs> they were just like, make it, make it in every cool single shapes. color. Yeah. Just just do it. Like I there's yeah. this great um stand up by fred armison who uh like ex snl cast member and he was also portlandia he had yeah. a, a stand-up on netflix called stand-up for drummers and in one segment of the stand-up he goes 
to like a drum set from each era from like each decade and talks about it and then plays it and like plays kind of like the style of the time and he gets to the 80s like every drum kit up until the 80s is like pretty standard like your five-piece drum kit like the kind that we see today still and then the 80s it's like drum pads like hexagonal octagonal drum pads (laughs) you know black rubber and uh and he's like and he says something like the 80s were great because they were like the future begins now like that was basically (laughs) the essence of the 80s was just like forget everything like now we're we live in the future and then of course the 90s was just like like, was just like screw that like you know getting and and got grungy yeah um but um but anyway uh so yeah what were we talking about oh my god so many tangents so many tangents i mean this is just kind of like a catch-up episode anyways yeah um uh yeah catch-up oh oh i was gonna shout out we were were talking about we were talking about your your pc build and i did want to shout out will Gibbons because he's done a great job of explaining what to get if you're a piece if you're looking to build a pc for industrial design he's done a great tutorial on his youtube channel so check out will gibbons on youtube um yeah you know i obviously if you're listening to this three years from now it's gonna be dated but maybe will has done another youtube tutorial so you know i'm uh, yeah i'm yeah. i'm sure but uh the, you know the other thing that was kind of an inspiration you know before i moved out to la you know i did all this research into design firms and things that were out here and companies yeah. And there's this, I think they're, I think they're pretty much a startup um, at this point, but there's this company NZXT um, that uh, they are the ones who designed the case that I, that I bought. Um, and they're, they're a startup that specializes in, in PC builds, but the design work is like super clean, you know, minimal, and, you know, that's the thing is, like, one thing that's kind of turned me off about PC builds is just, like, the cases and the, um, and, like, the colors. Uh, like, there's just, like, a, sort of this, like, gimmicky nature a little bit to, to a yeah. PC build. And I don't it's understand that. And, so, yeah. so I'll, I'll tell you a story about my PC build. I... You know, it was like, I don't know, it was maybe a month ago. And one night, like Allison and the baby like went to bed and I it was like 10 o'clock. And I was like, I've had these parts sitting around. Like I had finally gotten all the pieces. The parts had been sitting around. And I was like, I just need to build this thing. I just need to crank it out. And so I watched this video. Um, oh, what's the guy's name? I'll, I'll try and f- remember the guy's name because... Um, somebody had recommended this video to me uh and uh actually my my sister-in-law's boyfriend who just built a pc and uh and so i um i just sat down for like four hours going through this video and of course there were like little differences between the video and the components that i had but i like i sat there and i was just like pushing through and you know it's not a smart idea to stay up until two in the morning when you have a newborn baby because 
that newborn is never going to sleep in. And, um, and so I, I stayed up until two in the morning and I'm like, I think I've got this all set good to go. I flip the switch and it's just nothing like nothing happens. Zero. Okay. And I'm just like, Oh Oh my God, why? Like, why would this be happening? (laughs) And, uh, I, I think actually there was like a light on the, uh, the motherboard that was lighting up. But the next day I spent another two hours troubleshooting and I had just like mixed up two, two cables for like, I think for like the front panel or something. And Mm. the, I forget which other piece it was, but it was just like these two, these two little pieces, these, uh, like I, I mixed them up and you know, I had, I had like taken apart. I, I had, uh, I had taken everything out of the um, out of the power unit, the and uh, and like rewired, like went back through and wired everything again, and and oh, so. Man. But I will say, like for as much as I hate the gimmicky colors, like when that PC first lit up, and like lit up like a carnival, I was like, it was like the the happiest moment. You know, since the birth of my child, it was, you know, <laughs> Oh my gosh. And, uh, I don't know if you should put it that up that far on the list. <laughs> it was, I mean, I was pretty ecstatic, you know, like you don't, you don't, no, that's good. That's good. It's, but anyway, I, uh, the, the one thing that I said, I said to someone was, um, you know, uh, the colors, they're great. Once you first start, it's like, it's like inviting clowns to your kid's birthday party, but then the clowns never leave. They just like, you know, it's like, can you get out of here? Like, I would just love it if like everything lit up RGB for like 20 minutes and then dimmed down to like a white light or nothing. Forever. Yeah. 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 But, um, but anyway, so yeah, it was, uh, a, a harrowing journey, but it was, it was, uh, at the same time, it was like, it, I felt, I felt a great sense of accomplishment and also just, uh, as I said, a greater appreciation for what m- humankind has been able to achieve <laughs> in terms for of sure. technology. It's crazy, man. Tech, tech just moves so fast. We're on like quantum computing now and it's the yeah. future's gonna be crazy elon elon musk has his neural link going and oh you know, man it's, it's gonna yeah. be insane we'll be on mars before we know it either either on mars or virtually on mars we'll see one of the two yeah for sure uh i don't think i'm going to mars but we'll see <laughs> i, I well, gotta we, get we should just do a zoom zoom podcast from mars and i'll, I'll pod i'll zoom you from mars <laughs> you're going to mars yeah i'll probably go to mars probably when i'm like 60 or something yeah i saw this great um i'm i i don't know if i've ever mentioned this on the pod before but i saw this great animated like short about a guy who's like the first guy to get fired on mars so it's like 
it's like he goes up with a team of people and they fire him, but he's on Mars. Like he's not <laughs> coming he home. What is he doing? He, That's he just great. like gotta, wastes. We have to he, link that. <laughs> he just wastes his time. I I don't remember everything about it, but it's like it's a pretty funny concept. That's hilarious. I love that. Um, but yeah, man. Um, so what else is there? I mean, obviously I can't do anything visual here, but yeah. Um, I mean, we could, we could go into some questions if you wanted, I think. Oh, we got some questions. Well, you know, I, I kind of put out a call to action because I think a lot of people are kind of searching for jobs right now. Um, Oh yeah. A lot of graduates going on. Um, a lot of people just have been furloughed and stuff. Yeah, for and sure. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a big, big toss up right now. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know. We could take ten minutes to talk about that if you wanted. Yeah, yeah. Maybe answer I, one or two. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I can just say off the top, just in in, you know, as it relates to this topic. You know, when I came out to L.A., I was very interested in potentially finding full-time work. Um, and I will say that I it's it has been extremely challenging. I mean, I feel very lucky mm. and fortunate that I still have the freelance projects going on that I do and, and the freelance yeah. clients. But, you know, I like... I, I'm not going to name the company, but there's one company where I've had some contact with, but like literally done four follow-up like messages, like uh, a couple emails, a couple LinkedIn messages, and I've received nothing back. And that I, like, I've been there, man. I've been there too. Yeah. So I just, I want to level with everybody that, you know, this is, this is definitely a challenging time. I, again, I feel very fortunate to have my freelance clients um but it's it's tough yeah. it like it's it's tough to get rejected it's tough to put yourself i mean it's tough to put yourself out there in the first place um and then to get rejected um you know and you just don't know what's going on at that company you don't know what what their current yeah. status is. I mean, maybe there maybe times are tight, and they're also like, oh, you know, we put up this posting. Maybe, maybe now's not the not the right time. Um, or you d- you know you don't know exactly what they're looking for. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a tough pill to swallow, but it happens to all of us. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely want to piggyback off that like. I've been hearing from a lot of people searching for jobs um, and it, it feels like we're still in this weird, I, I don't know how it was when, when you graduated, James, when I graduated, it was like, you were lucky to get a job. Like, you, like you were lucky to do industrial design. It's such a competitive thing. Uh, and you got to be at the top of your game to yeah. be considered. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that is, the... and I don't know. It, it feels, it feels kind of like people, I don't want to say they, they like feel like they deserve a job, but it, you know, it, it, it's a competitive thing. And if you want it, you really have to go out there and you have to apply to every single thing you can f- find. And maybe it's in the middle of nowhere in Kansas and you hate Kansas. I'm sure Kansas <laughs> is great. 
well, you know, it's 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 a state, right? It's yeah. I'm sure they got they got jobs somewhere, but you know, you got to start out somewhere. And I I think there's a lot of a lot of people shooting for the for the stars and not considering the the ladder to get up there. Um, yeah, yeah. I think um, I don't know. That that's that's my kind of take on it. But yeah, no, it is it is a competitive industry, and um, you know, you just like you said, take what you unfortunately take what you can get, but but hopefully, you know. I, I don't it it's one of these areas where it's like you don't want to necessarily give people false hope about something but I, I will say that like I felt I felt like pretty maybe somewhat defeated after leaving college and like getting the job that I did get but honestly like looking back on it and and even once I had it and I'd been there for a while I, I realized how fortunate I was and it also just yeah. gave me that opportunity to make a name for myself, start to gain a reputation for my work. And, um, you know, sure. was, is, uh, uh, like, like most people know, like network is, is almost, is like more than half of the battle. For sure once you're once you're in you know in it but anyway um uh, what are the what are the questions yeah okay so we got a few here i think i'm I'm gonna try to pick out some more unique ones that i haven't heard before um this one comes from linda and she says i'm curious to hear your thoughts on test projects for interviews Mm. Um, especially if either of us have ever had to do that before have you ever had to do a test project for an interview i can't say that i have but Mm. when it i'll say that with the the situation that i just described i wish they would give me a test project like i right you know i just i just want some contact like i i you know and uh and and like a a shot you know so i feel like I, f- I feel like it would depend on who was offering me the test project. That's um, true. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a good approach to it. I, I've had to do a few test projects, and I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say, like, I thought poorly of that. I, I know, like, there's some really reputable design studios that require test projects as, like, part of the in- interview process. Hmm. Um and I don't know. I, I, I think I would definitely side with you. It's like, if this is a job you really want, you know, the test project should be your time to shine. You should be excited for it. You should embrace it, that it's like a fat, uh, you know, something that you can, you know, show off with. Um, yeah, I definitely didn't get the jobs that I did a test project for. But, you know. I mean, I, I so tell me what a typical... Like, is there a typical test project or? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think there was a watch company that I applied to and they asked me to design a watch, um, which I did. And, you know, I was really confident in my watch. I look back at it now and it's trash, but I, you know, at the time I was like, oh, this is sweet. Um, and what kind of parameters did yeah, they I give just, you? 
uh, they actually wanted me to design it to one of their brands. So mm. um, I had to kind of follow some of their brand language and stuff. I, you know, I add my own, I added my own little flair to it, which may, may not have been good, but you know, I just, I did what I wanted. I, you know, I felt confident in. Right. Um, I know there was another one and that one was like, I just kind of created like a nice rendering kind of a final presentation, couple page PDF. Um, and then I think the other one was a furniture company and I did a stool or maybe mm. it was a lamp. I can't remember. I think it was a couple. It was like, hey, show us. A, I think the the brief was just, hey, come up with a few furniture designs. I think it was super broad like that. Mm. Um, and I and I just sketched up some some concepts. I didn't even like render them or anything. Right. This was kind of like pre-rendering b- before rendering was popular. So. Yeah. Um, I wonder. I yeah, wonder I if know, it, um, it was it was fine. Yeah. I wonder if, because I, I feel like there, in general, people, the sentiment that I hear about test projects is just like, it's kind of, it's I don't know work. if, it, it, ex, yeah, free work, exploitive kind of thing. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I'm trying to like think about it on the other side of things, because I, I can see that point. I can see like, you know, haven't I done enough? Haven't I shown enough? Like you know, don't you, don't you like see my skill level from my portfolio? Don't you get a sense of me from our conversations? Um, but, yeah, that's a good um, point. but I think the other side of that, I wonder if there's more, cause you know, you're going in there with the knowledge that pretty much I would think that everybody else that you're working with had to also do a test project. And so it's like, it's actually like a first maybe point of camaraderie it's like you know it's it's almost like a even though this this term is 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 not necessarily thought of as positive but it's like kind of like a hazing it's kind of like a little bit of a hazing ritual and i mean those kind of rituals are in place to kind of like strengthen the bonds um and uh so i don't know if it operates in that way but I wonder if, I mean, it, like, it would be fun. Like, once you get in there, it's like, oh, like, what did you do for your test project? Like, you know, like, talk about, show <laughs> I, your show your test projects off. Yeah, I think certainly there's some studios that are like that. I, I feel like the ones I applied to were not studios. They were companies, brands. Mm manufacturers oh i see and so I, I i do definitely kind of feel like i can see I that can, seems like free work yeah i can i can see where i can see where it can be perceived as like oh this project is submitted and we should just take it and make it i i can see where that's perceived but i also think that that's a really poor business judgment i it, i would be i if I was a business owner and that was my method of getting designs, like it, it's yeah. not, it seems rather real unrealistic to do that, but I know that it's out there. I know that it's out there. Yeah. And I don't want to like write it off. Yeah. That, that seems, that seems pretty shady. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can see situations where that is like, is a shady thing, especially when it comes to like, 
you're interviewing for a company that is like some large holding company and they have, you know, lots of manufacturers or like in a specific area. And yeah, you could just give them an idea and they could hand it over to a factory. Yeah. And that factory could potentially, but, but at the same time, like, that's a lot of risk. The idea. Yeah. It, yeah. that's, that's just like a lot of risk yeah. for the company, I don't right? Know. Like, why would you go out of your way to steal an idea from a potential employee? It just feels like, oh, why not? Like, if you own an entire, you know, brand and you manufacture products, you obviously have at least a million dollars. Why wouldn't you just pay, you know, someone on but- Fiverr for $500 to make a con? Like, it seems like a high risk, right. low reward scenario. That's why... I think yeah. people are a little paranoid about it, but I don't want to negate that because I know that there is some freak scenarios out there where it, that does happen, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And you would think that that kind of place would get, would get enough of a reputation that nobody would want, like everybody would know that that's what that company did and nobody would want to work for them or interview for for them. Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, like, as we said, it's a competitive industry. So maybe, you know, people are in the position where it's like, I need to, I need to do work. Um, yeah, I know, I know somebody that interviewed for a job at, like urban outfitters yeah urban they had to do urban's definitely a a contender for this they they've been yeah they've been uh criticized for doing this yeah so they they like asked this person um to do like three different lines of audio equipment like based on three different personas and and like this person like sketched and modeled and rendered and did drawings and you know didn't didn't make the cut uh, like the work was great didn't make the cut and it, it was like like really like this this that seemed pretty like exploitational yeah to me yeah it, it's a i think it starts to come down to a per scenario basis i think what i would still side on though i think i still side on the fact that like yes there are bad exploited people out in the world but also your ideas are a dime a dozen you're a designer you can come up with whatever you want over and over again and if you are searching for a job and you really want a job you're gonna just you're gonna have to bite the bullet you might get burned hopefully you won't like the odds of you not getting burned or yeah much higher but um yeah you know it's just it's well you know there's that the the industry i think unfortunately yeah there's that and there's also maybe maybe there's a wiggle room for negotiation i mean i think like going into that situation you have to be like okay um if i if i give you these ideas who owns the ideas yeah like you know so get that clear and straightened out because like if they're saying like oh we own the idea if you give it to us then that's i i wouldn't do that i know that some people are not yeah i know some people are not in the position to turn down jobs but that just like that to me 
is uh it's just bad it's just like bad business well what what and um here, here's what i would recommend too uh, this is also what i do with if i submit anything to manufacturers or like you know some some like licensed products are more about hey a designer designs it in the studio they come up with the idea it's all theirs and then they try to pitch it out to different companies and say hey do you want to produce this product and just give me royalties for it um and in that type of scenario what i do i also this is not legal advice i have no clue if this is right or not but i always put like in the presentation like you know big old like disclaimer of like hey this is my designs like do not steal this or you know blah blah blah, blah. yeah um just to like make or it, else yeah just to make like make it clear and like you know my name is on all the designs and it's like hey like whoever looks at this pdf recognizes like hey you know if this was stolen it's a conscious decision like they consciously know because i'm sure that there are yeah. some other scenarios where it's purely accidental where they have a bunch of PDFs. I mean, obviously, people are interviewing a ton, right? They probably have several of these kind of, you know, spec projects, and maybe they get mixed up in the stack. Files get mixed up, and yeah. then all of a sudden, something gets produced that wasn't, you know, in-house or something. And I'm sure that that happens at some of these companies. Um, so I would just make yeah. it like very obvious that whoever whoever is doing this is consciously making a wrong decision, you know? Right, right. I mean, that, like, have you ever considered just, like, putting in a watermark over the PDF? Yeah, you could. Images? You could before, do that. I mean, I'm not a watermark Before guy. you ever sign a contract? Yeah, well, the thing is, is, like... Yeah, but it's, like, before you ever sign a contract for, for production or something, like, you would send a PDF that has watermarks, ideas. Yes, you could do that. I, I think you could do that. Me, personally, I wouldn't do that just because it's aesthetically not nice uh but you could do that if you were super protective yeah yeah right right um but yeah no that's it's an it's an interesting conundrum i will say that like i've encountered scenarios where i'm like you know i have like i've i either have to give in here or i'm not going to get this job and in one scenario like this this job this one um, freelance gig was lowballing me and I was like like a week before you know I was trying to negotiate they weren't doing anything about the negotiation and then a week before the project was starting I was like you know what I'm not doing this yeah and they freaked out and they were like like no we need you for this and so then they they changed they like changed their tune and they raised the rate so there is something to, you know, if you can play your cards in a way where it's like, you know, I, I don't need, I don't need this. And I mean, I know that there are a lot of people out there that, that need work, but if you can at least put on the show of like, I don't like, I don't need this job, then I don't know. Yeah, it's that's a good. It's a. It's just like a better position to to come in on. I I would definitely agree with that. Like build leverage however you want to do it. Obviously, when you just graduate, you have nothing. But um, but that's why it's so important to get that first job because that's when you have 
at least some money coming in where you can stock it, you can save it. So when the opportunity comes, you know, when you decide to take that next jump, it's not like, oh crap, I'm out of money. And I also didn't do anything for the past two years in my free time. I don't even have an updated portfolio. Like if you're in that position, that's just not a good position to be in. You got to, you got to build, Yeah. you got to make sure you're constantly building um, because then right. when the opportunity comes like that, where it's like, oh, hey, we really love you. We'd love to have you come work for us. You know, here's, here's our offer. And you're like, sorry, I can't do it. And, you know, and then that's when you, that's when you had the leverage. It's like, if they say no, all good because, hey, you, you saved up, you have a cushion to fall back on. And if they say yes, yeah, or if they, they are, they say yes to your counter offer, then that's even better. Right. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of this, and this is something that I've been thinking about a lot recently, um, is like, like building up network, like the network and the confidence and the leverage while you're in school. And like, you know, when you're, when your school doesn't necessarily have a program, like, like DAP does like the co-op thing, or, you know, there's no guarantee of an internship really like really go for internships. And if you can take like a semester off like i wish that i had taken a semester off to like take an internship you know because because we know from the the podcast with reed that there's not as many applicants during the fall and spring semester for internships yeah if you can start to build up that reputation that network that that kind of professional leverage that's gonna put you ahead when you when you get out now all that being said i didn't have a single internship before i graduated from college and um look at me now <laughs> uh but uh but no i mean it's it's never too late to build up that reputation and everything but the earlier you can do it uh, obviously the better off you'll be yeah and it's hard too it's not easy but, like I, I we we say these things but like i realize going home and putting in that two extra hours of work or like living in a cheap apartment when all your friends are balling out is not fun, but like, it's, yeah, you're just, you're, you know, it's first of all, who cares, you know, live your, live yeah. how you wanted to live and make great designs. That's what really matters. I think. Yeah. Yeah. My, my friend, um, Oscar, when we first moved to the city, he was literally couch surfing for like yeah. months you know, working in the city because he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to work here. I'm like going to make it in New York and I'm going to work for like great design places. And, you know, he's had a great career. Didn't so, he work for Nendo? Um, he worked for Nendo too, right? He, he interned for Nendo which is crazy. and then he worked at um, a toy company called Kiddo for a while, which yeah. did some amazing work there. Hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I, yeah, we should get him on the pod sometime to tell his story because he's got a great one. But yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's a uh, that was a good question. Long yeah, question. No, that's a great question. Thanks, Liam. Yeah. Um, I think I think, yeah, I think uh, that's it. <laughs> that may be the only question we have time for. Clearly, um, we haven't talked in a while. We got we just got so much to talk about. 
a lot of tangents, but I, I'm sure the the uh, Discord fam and Meyer Details listeners will love it. Um, yeah, speaking of yeah. Discord, get, get on there. That's where we're at. Uh, hang out with us every day. Um, yeah. Um, hey, what about that Kickstarter, Nick? Yeah. Go check it out. Uh, it's... I don't know the URL, but it's going to be posted in the description. It'll be posted on at Nick P. Baker. It'll be posted on at Almost Object. I'm sure that I'm going to I'm going to blast it out to literally every single thing I can, including the podcast. That's why we're a big reason why we're doing the podcast. Uh, so I'm sure that you will be able to find the link. And please go support it. It yeah. means the world to me. Um, really want to knock this thing out of the park. And also the thing is too. I know if you're listening to this on the day of, it's super important to back the day it launches because we you know the world oh. is ruled by algorithms you know we just had to boost the algorithm right like it significantly yeah. matters to back on the day that it launches just to get it up in the ranks um so please if you're considering it go buy it go back it uh it's it's early birds are going to be 28 dollars. you know the the uh normal birds normal birds is that a thing 34 <laughs> 34 i think um but yeah it's it's a simple little product and i'm super excited about it it's one of my favorite uh almost object releases so i mean it's gonna be fun also yeah you can show off your um your object by hashtagging stretch clock so i i'm really excited to see what people stretch it around so that'll be fun yeah for sure cool man well it's uh it's been great catching up and uh we'll have to do this again soon yeah sounds good man all right uh as always i'm at nick b baker i'm at i draw receipts peace peace